versus the world's productions. Nerds on the Internet. What more could you ask for? www.vtwproductions.com We are at war. We need a team. Let's do a head count. A super soldier. The demigod. A couple of master assassins. And there's me. I have an army. Yeah, we have a gnome. Welcome to VTW Productions and our coverage of the 2012 Phoenix Comic Con, featuring your favorite superhero commentary team, the Casuals. Casuals Assemble! Hello, you are listening to one of the many great shows on VTWProductions.com. How about you come along and check out Show X? A tangent-filled, information-packed hour and a half of more geeky goodness. No qualifications required, many of our listeners used to be adventurers, till they took an arrow to the knee, and they still listen. For more terrible meme jokes and such, check us out at 7pm GMT, 3pm EST every Sunday, or check out our page on the main site under the Shows tab to find our podcasts. Hopefully, we'll be speaking to you soon. Um, today I have the, the fantastic pleasure of uh, welcoming a, uh, a truly talented actress to, uh, to join us here at Phoenix Comic Con 2012. Um, she's uh, done a, a, a wide range of work, um, appearing in the, uh, the Oscar-winning film Crash. Um, a lot of you are familiar with her voice acting work on Gargoyles. Um, but uh, probably what most of the, the folks here know her from is uh, the ship's counselor uh, aboard the USS Enterprise, uh, Deanna Troy. Um, it's my fantastic pleasure to welcome uh, Marina Sirtis. Ask me if I want to sit at a table because I don't. This is for the lazy actors. So, guess what, kids? Front row, boys, up. Up! Get this table off the stage, put it down on the floor. Lazy actors, lazy, lazy actors. I mean, especially the girls. We get all dressed up, got the legs out, you know. They don't come out very often. So, you know, man, it's like, get the legs, you know, get the pictures. You don't want to sit in just the head and shoulders above the table. It's ridiculous. I'm a sex bomb, for goodness sake. Uh, now, excuse me, why are you still here? I, I'm happy to leave. Go. Okay. Uh, 
go have a break, have a cup of coffee, cigarette, whatever you do in your spare time. There you go. Are you supposed to be a moderator? No. Okay. I don't need a moderator. They're all scared of me. They'll do what they're told. Don't worry. Okay, who's never seen me before? Actually, you know, that's not bad. I've been to a few places recently where, like, the whole audience has never seen me before, and I'm like... So you've all been in a cave for the last 25 years. Because <laughs> is there a place I haven't been to before? And I've been here before. I know I've been here before. What, about two, three years ago? Yeah. Actually, I had a really bad experience when I was here a couple of years ago. No, it's, well, it wasn't bad for me. It was for, bad for the guy I had thrown out of the convention. <laughs> is he here? <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me, my really good fans know this about me. I am football mad. The real football that we play in Europe. Um, the game where they actually kick the ball with their feet. Um, as opposed to the throwing game that you play over here that you call football. That, what? It's violent. It's very violent. You've obviously haven't seen an English football match. Okay. Um, <laughs> where the, the violence tends to happen in the stands. But anyway, um, no, there was a guy, I was sitting signing autographs with Will Wheaton, and this guy came by wearing an Arsenal scarf. Did I hear a cheer? You're out, man. You are out. No, and he was wearing an Arsenal scarf. I am a Tottenham Hotspur fan, which is like their main rivals. Think of, you know, the Yankees and the Sox or... You know, whatever. Big rivals, right? And he was wearing this Arsenal scarf, so I started, like, yelling at him. And um, it got ugly. It got really ugly. Um, and uh, security came and escorted him away from me. And Will Wheaton was sitting there, and he goes, Marina started it! <laughs> and I did. I did start it. He didn't know I was a Spurs fan. I was like hurling abuse at him across the aisle, you know, and he was like, anyway. So, for the people who have seen me before, the trick to the convention thing is now that you have to ask me questions I've never been asked before, because if you ask me questions I've been asked a million times, you know all the, you know all the jokes, right? All you fans that have seen me before. So, um, but you know, my preamble is always the same, depending on what you said. Okay. Who has seen me? Um, I just wanted, I want to do something you've all heard before. <laughs> See, you've thrown me now, your return customers. Um, okay. Well, do you all know the. No, you know, I'm going to tell it anyway. If you've heard it before, tough luck. Just, you know, talk amongst yourselves quietly till I've finished. <laughs> so. Of course, we were all very excited that the TNG cast was going to... Are you videotaping me? Yeah, turn that off. Yeah, really. Everyone turn their videos off. You know what? And I'll tell you why I do this. Because if you... Everybody. Because... Since the internet... Right? If you want the same old pap that you get from everybody else about how everything is so wonderful and beautiful and blah, 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 then you can videotape me. But if you want the truth, I can't let you videotape me because it's going to be on the internet for all eternity and I, w I will never work again in Hollywood. Get me? <laughs> Plus, you know what? I don't act for free. 
I'm working here. <laughs> right. You want to pay me my going rate? You can videotape me all day long. <laughs> right, I'm just checking to see if I can see any more little red lights anywhere. You can take a thousand photos, you just can't videotape me. Okay. And I'm not the only one. Wait till Brent comes in. Okay. Um, I did offer to Brent, actually, because Brent isn't doing a panel because he wasn't supposed to be here this weekend and then his, his um, schedule freed up. And I said to him, Brent, you don't have a panel. Do you want to do a panel with me today? He's not here, as you can see. <laughs> so, I'm here on my own. But so I tried to get him for you. I, I did try. So anyway, is that a, just a regular photo camera that takes photos? I never know anymore. You just can't bloody tell. You've got a phone. Is that, you know, Michael Dorn has a phone. He's videotaping us all the time with his stupid phone. <laughs> See, you don't understand. I have to tell you, because you you're, you're normal people. Generally. Okay. I'll rephrase that because I'm at a convention. Um, but everything we do now, being in the public eye, ends up on the internet. We have no privacy at all. I have to put makeup on to go buy a gallon of milk. Do you know what I mean? Because there'll be some idiot in the store who's going to take my picture with me looking like something the cat dragged in, and it's going to be on the front page or in the internet or somewhere the next day. What? No, honey. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'll tell you a story. I did, an, I did a movie in England many years ago, and um, I, was, I, was, I called Brent while I was in England shooting this movie, and it was, I think it was about third or fourth season of Star Trek, and Bunhead had gone. Remember Bunhead in the first season? So she was gone. But in this movie, I had to wear a bun. Right, I had to have another bun. So I called Brent, and I'm like, Brent, what is it with these people? Every job I do, they want to put my hair in a bun. And he said, well, Marina, I've been watching, you know, first season reruns. You look okay with a bun. And I said, yeah, but this time, because I'm like a normal person, it's a bun and no makeup. No, okay, no, we, but people in showbiz define normal people as the people who are not in showbiz, right? <laughs> Regular people, not in, the show, not in show business. So I said, you know, so, but I don't have any makeup on in this movie. And he went, oh, Lord. <laughs> no, literally, that's what he said. Oh, Lord. Is that how you look when you first come in in the morning? And I said, yes. He went, oh, Lord. Like that. <laughs> So, trust me, I don't look that great. So, anyway, going back to the first story. Um, we were very excited that we were going to be, the, you know, the movie. We were going to continue on with the movie franchise. And so, when we got, I remember we got the first script. We got the script for Generations um, Christmas time. So, I was really excited. I got the script. I opened it up, ripped it open, started reading it immediately. Got to the part where I drove the ship. I'm like, now it all makes sense. This is why I got promoted to commander. Do you remember when I got promoted to commander? Right. I had to send Geordie to his death. Right, remember that? So by that time, actually, off the, off the subject a little bit, by that time, 
we'd been doing the show for quite a while and we, we would flick through scripts and if our name wasn't in it very much, sometimes we didn't read it. <laughs> like most actors, it's BS, BS, BS. Oh, my line, yeah. Um, so anyway, I had sent Laval to his death. I'd got promoted. The following week, we're sitting in observation. I turned to Lavar. I said, you have to call me sir. And he went, why? I said, because I'm a commander. And he went, well, when did that happen? <laughs> I said, last week when I sent you to your death. He went, oh, that's what that was about. I felt better. I wasn't the only one not reading the scripts when they came in every week. <laughs> But anyway, so I'm reading the scripts. Oh, this is why I got promoted, so I could drive the ship in the movie. And I was so excited, and I called Dorney. Now, you know we all call him Dorney, because my husband's Michael. It just saves any confusion. And so we all, I called Dorney, because he's my best friend. I'm like, Dorney, Dorney, I get to drive the ship. Can you believe it? After all these years, I'm driving the ship. And he goes, have you finished the script? I said, no. If you're going to heckle, enunciate so can I can understand what you're saying. I'm like a very strict English teacher up here. So anyway, I went back to the script. I finished the script and I was pissed. <laughs> Excuse me. Everyone drove the damn ship. If you think of the history of who drove the Enterprise... Well, our enterprise. The first one, the blind guy. <laughs> Second one, the teenager. <laughs> and then when he left, any chicken red who happened to be passing. <laughs> Here's the keys, drive the enterprise while you're down there, be nice to Data, he gets lonely on his own down there. <laughs> And never a scratch on it until Troy got to drive. <laughs> In my defense, I have to say, that planet just came out of nowhere, okay? <laughs> just annoying. Just anno and then, of course, I crashed it again. Under orders this time. Because old Baldy told me to crash it. In Nemesis, he said, crash the ship, and said, yes, sir, and I crashed the ship again. But notice I had to be driving. Couldn't have been one of the others. Oh, no. And it's really funny. A lot of funny things happened when we were filming Generations. It seemed that a lot of... Maybe because we literally had no time off between the end of the series and Generations started, we were, like, dead on our feet. And you know how when you get tired, like children, you get, like, hysterical? And I think that's what we were like doing Generations. And I remember when... Um, you remember the scene where the... The ship gets um, like uh, blown up and stuff, and you have that that scene on the bridge, and everything's getting exploded. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure you've all watched those. You know how you make special effects in Hollywood type of documentary things. So, you know, you know they actually do have to blow things up, but they use cork, you know, so to fly through the air. So if it does hit you, it doesn't take your eye out, you know. So. Um, so the thing about doing any special effect, though, is that you really have to rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it because you don't want to do it twice. You want to get it right first time because then if you don't, they have to rebuild the set, which is they don't want to do. 
So we've rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed, and then finally we're ready to shoot, and we get called onto the bridge, and David Carson, the British director, who was directing British, you thought you won that war, didn't you? <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, so we're ready, we're going. David Carson says, action. Everything starts blowing up. You know, stuntmen are flying through the air. Tracy, who's driving the ship, gets exploded out of her seat and killed. She obviously wasn't nice enough to date her. <laughs> Dead, right? So, and Riker says to me, Troy, take the wheel. So, or the helm, or whatever the hell it is on a boat. Anyway, or spaceship. So anyway, I'm sitting up here on my chair, and so I run down. Because <laughs> Troy runs like a girl. And I sit on the seat for about this long, and then I'm up out of the seat screaming. And David Carson's like, cut, 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 what the hell, what is, what, what, he's like fuming, steam is coming out of his ears. What happened, Marina? And I said, well, excuse me, sir, but when Tracy vacated the seat, burning embers landed in the seat. <laughs> and I sat on them, and I have a hole in my spacesuit. I mean, there is nothing natural about those suits. That, they burnt like that. So I had a burning, I had a hole in my space suit and a slight singe on my bottom, right? So anyway, guess what? We have to do it again. Well, to say I was not the most popular person that day would be an understatement. Or the rest of my fellow thespians are like, stupid, stupid Marina, stupid Marina. Stupid cow, stupid cow. Anyway, five hours later, literally five hours later, I took him to rebuild the set. We're doing take two. And David Carson says to me, I don't care if your chair is in flames. <laughs> you're gonna get in it and you're gonna sit in it, you're gonna stay in it. And I'm like, yes sir, okay. So we get to take two and I'm back on my seat and everything starts happening and then Tracy gets blown out the seat and Riker says, take the helm and I run down. And I'm just gonna be safe and sorry. Pip it off. <laughs> And I could feel the hatred from behind me. <laughs> and I looked up at David Carson, who's just about ready to rip my throat out. And I went, cut it out. Just cut it out. And he went, okay. <laughs> so somewhere on the cutting room floor, there is a photo, there's some footage of me wiping off my seat <laughs> before I sit down in it. But it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we always had the best time together. Um, is any of, are any of you coming to see our panel all together on Sunday? Okay, yeah. Yeah, that, you know. You'll see, whenever people see us, I mean, they always say, because every actor in Hollywood always says, oh, I love those people, they're so great. They don't. <laughs> they really don't. It's like when actors say, oh, you see them on E.T. or whatever those horrible shows are, and they say, oh, this is the best movie, and they tell you about the movie. I mean, the thing is, Actors always say that about their movie because they want you to go see it, right? I mean, I remember um, that we said that about Insurrection. <laughs> I was dozing off at the premiere. <laughs> I'll, <sighs> wake me up when it's done. I thought it was a terrible movie. Who liked Insurrection? See, no, I was right. No one liked it. You liked it, yeah. Um, so, and then I remember this... <laughs> So talking about, you know, talking about the press and the movies. So when Generations was coming out, 
Patrick, who is, you know, a proper actor, he won't do press until he's seen the film, which is kind of smart. Um, we don't care. We'll talk about the movie and have never seen it. So Patrick, because Patrick has this rule, Patrick and I were in New York. Okay, not together. Don't want to start any rumors here, okay, in Phoenix. So we were both in New York at the same time. And he said, Marina, you know, um, they're ha having a special screening for me for, for generations um, at the Paramount building in New York. Do you want to come with me? And I went, oh, yeah, yeah. So I go with him to the screening, and it's a room maybe half the size of this room, and there's just me and him in there sitting in armchairs, you know, and there's like a bar and like nibbly bits to eat, and it's very posh. I would never have got invited if Patrick hasn't, wasn't going. <laughs> so sitting there, and then we get to the part where the Enterprise gets nuked in the Nexus. Well, it had been a while since I'd read the script and shot the movie, and I'm like, oh my God, we're dead. <laughs> we're dead. They've killed us off. <laughs> They're going to continue the franchise with just Patrick. <laughs> Now, obviously, Pat Patrick can feel, you know, this, like, energy coming off of me. And he goes, what's the matter, darling? I said, Patrick, we're dead! <laughs> they just nuked the Enterprise! He said, oh, no, no, darling, don't you remember? I go back into the Nexus and save the universe. And I went, stupid me. <laughs> How could I have forgotten? That just really hit my head with that, just then. <laughs> um, that hurt. Anyway, um... I always loved that. We had, we had pretty hunky guys, in my opinion, on the show. And yet, at the end of Enterprise, at the end of Generations, it's the three grumpy old guys fighting each other. <laughs> the three grumpy old men fighting each other at the end of the movie, right? I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, I actually love that poster of Generations with the two captains on it. And it says, two captains, one destiny. I renamed the poster, two captains, one hairpiece. <laughs> Have to say, though, it's an awesome hairpiece. You can't see the joint at all. And we had dinner together in Ottawa, and I was looking, trust me. I was like... Perfect. Okay, I think I've yacked for long enough. It's up to you to ask me some, do some work. Ask me some questions. Now, there's a microphone here for those of you who want to ask, because, of course, this is such a small room. Such a big room, you wouldn't hear the people. Okay, honey. You know who you look like, right? No. You don't know? You look like Anna Paquin. Do you know who that is? No. No? You're too young to watch True Blood, right? <laughs> Come here. Oh, what about X-Men? No, you're too young. Doesn't she look like a young Anna Paquin? Isn't she? Okay, off you go. I wanted to know how you played such a sweet and gentle counselor, Troy. <laughs> you know what? What's your name? Sophia. Sophia, 
That is the best question I've ever been asked. <laughs> now, come here, Sophia, come here. Are you asking me that question because you've seen me now for about 15 minutes and I'm not sweet and gentle? <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> Sophia, I have to tell you, the hardest thing for me was keeping Marina out of Troy. <laughs> because Troy, you can see we're not the same, are we? No. We don't even look alike anymore. <laughs> well, hang on, she was 25 years younger than me <laughs> when we started. Um, but no, it was, I think what happened was that I was so nervous when I was auditioning for the part that my real personality didn't come out because I was so nervous and I was really quiet. And in fact, I did a panel with Gene Roddenberry on a cruise ship, on a Star Trek cruise. <sighs> the only escape is over the side. Really. And this ship was old, man. This was like, my in-laws and my then, you know, to be husband was on it with, on the cruise with me. And they remembered this as the ship that they used like after the war to get somewhere. <laughs> I mean, this ship was old. It didn't, I had the only cabin that had a, an electric outlet in it. <laughs> Swear to God. Anyway, so we're on this ship and we're doing this panel and someone asked Jean, who has changed the most since being cast in TNG? And without blinking, he went, Marina. <laughs> Marina. When we, when we hired Marina, she was this shy little English girl, retiring little wallflower. I'm like, is there another Marina on the show I don't know about? <laughs> there have been lots of adjectives to describe me. Shy, not one of them. Retiring, definitely not one of them. Quiet, as you can see. <laughs> I think it's because I was so nervous that my real personality didn't come out and they thought that I was very quiet and kind of, you know, serene. And um, what a surprise when they really met me. <laughs> yeah. So, what's that? I did a good job acting. Sophia, come here and give me a hug. <laughs> And what's your name, young lady? Michelle. Hey, Michelle. Have you got a question for me, honey? Yeah. Um, who's your favorite actor in Star Trek? Who's my favorite actor in Star Trek? Actress. <laughs> actor. Well, you know, in Hollywood, we're so PC now that everyone's called an actor whatever sex they are. I'm an actress, you know, because you don't have doctresses. I mean, you know, I know that you don't have doctresses and teacheresses and everything, but... <laughs> It's been around for so long. I think the whole thing gets a bit ridiculous sometimes. Actress has been a word since the year dot, you know, so I don't have a problem with being an actress. Um, the one thing I do hate is being called an artist. When I watch those shows, like Idol and all that, oh, you're an artist. I want to slap somebody. <laughs> an artist is someone who paints or draws, right? We're not artists, we're actors or musicians or whatever the heck we are, you know? It really drives me mental. So, 
Who's my favourite actor on Star Trek? Okay, well, I have to say, I love all... Amongst my cast, because we were the best cast. I'm going to have to say old baldy, Patrick Stewart. And you know why? Because Patrick, first of all, he's English. And second of all, um, he wasn't going to be in anything. We got this through osmosis. He wasn't going to be involved in anything that wasn't excellent, right? So that's that trickle-down effect, right? That ridiculous Republican theory of the trickle-down effect. <laughs> Don't get me started on politics. But in, in, in showbiz, it actually works because if the star of the show is going to be excellent then the rest of you don't want to disappoint him, especially if you love him, and we loved him. And I remember one day, um, we worked long days, you know that. We worked, a 16, 18-hour day was not unusual. So sometimes, really, it was a choice of, shall I sleep, or shall I learn my lines for tomorrow? Well, this particular evening, I decided to sleep, because I was dead. And so, but my first scene up the next morning was a scene with Patrick in the ready room. But the way the things usually go is you get to make up, but I usually get to make up at 5.15. I'm not the kind of actress who can learn her lines sitting in the makeup chair because I like to gossip and find out what's been going on around the, around the set, on the lot, who's doing who, who isn't doing who, what's John Travolta been up to these days, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I never learn my lines sitting in the chair, but... What you, normally happens is you go in to rehearse the scene and then while you have about at least half an hour while they're lighting the scene. So I thought, in that half an hour, I will learn my lines. Well, blow me. They pre-lit it. <laughs> they had pre-lit the scene the night before. So I'm out of makeup, onto the set, and they're ready to shoot. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. They're ready to shoot. So I had five minutes, I think, because Patrick still wasn't finished with makeup. And I literally just read it. I just read it. And I was so, obviously, just so, ter so terrified. Not that Patrick would have said anything. He wouldn't have, you know, he wouldn't have said anything. Um, I just didn't want to disappoint him. So somehow, it, through force of will, it went in. It just went in, and I did the scene. But that was the last time I ever didn't learn my lines when I was going to be working with Patrick. With the rest of them, who cares, right? But with Patrick... <laughs> Michael Dorn is a wonderful man. He remembers virtually every line he ever said on TV, including chips. <laughs> the problem with Michael was he couldn't remember them at the time. <laughs> He'd have, you know, we'd have these long scenes on the bridge and he would have a, a yes, sir, you know, or something, you know at the end of the, you know, halfway through the scene, or, you know, shall I, whatever he did with the photon torpedoes, you know, that kind of line. And we'd do the scene, and then suddenly there'd be silence. And we'd all go. <laughs> what? What? you go, what? Yes, sir, Michael. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, um, yeah, don't tell him I told you that. He gets really upset when I tell the fans that. <laughs> See, this is the kind of thing I don't want recorded. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right, okay. Right. Next question.
Thank you, my darling. That was a wonderful question. Ooh. I know. I thought you would like Oh. I like those. They're like Tetris pants. They are Tetris pants. This is the only game I have ever played. Is Tetris. Honestly, I've never, I never evolved beyond Tetris. And then I discovered that I could download, it's called Betris on the Blackberry. Mm-hmm. I found Tetris again. I know. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, how do you feel your character impacted the roles of women in science fiction? Hmm. Well, no, it's a good question. It's a good question because at the time... To be honest, we're just actors, yeah. right? We're just actors. You know, our, our main goal in life is to learn your lines, hit your mark, and try not to bump into the furniture. Really, that's it. Um, and it, so when I was actually filming, it didn't occur to me at all, oh, yeah. right? Wasn't in anywhere in there. It wasn't until I started doing conventions, and then like a few years in, and, and somebody came up to me today actually and said, my friend or my sister or I can't remember what relationship it was is actually getting her doctorate in psychology because of you and I get this so much you encourage me to be a counsellor you encourage me to do you know to continue in school whatever it was Um, this is the thing that makes me the most proud Mm -hmm. that I had an impact a good impact in someone's life Um, it's absolutely amazing to me that that's happened but I think looking back now, I mean, you can see, I'm a very strong personality, oh. right? Um, but usually, and up until I got Deanna, I had never played a nice girl on TV, in a movie, ever. And since Deanna, ever. <laughs> right? So um, what I realized was that Deanna was great because up until she came along and, you know, strong women were witches with a B, right? Mm-hmm. On TV and in movies. If you're a strong woman, you're, you're not a nice person usually. Um, but I found that you could portray a strong woman who was actually pretty and cared about her appearance mm-hmm. but still didn't, didn't detract from her personality, which is me. I mean, I'm a girly girl. I really am. I'm not interested in doing anything dangerous, ever. (laughs) My husband does the dangerous stuff. I watch soccer. (laughs) That's about as dangerous as it gets for me, right? So um, I, I just love the fact that we were portraying women on Star Trek who were beautiful and strong and were not witches with a B. You know, because it was new. It was different. But, you know, Jean, Jean was always different. Mm-hmm. That's why Nichelle Nichols was in the first, oh, yeah. you know, the first Star Trek. Nice. There had never been a regular African-American character mm-hmm. on a TV show okay. up until then. So it's part of the territory, I think, of being on Star Trek. And to be honest, I think that's part of what they lost when, when the other shows went on. You know, um, they lost Jean's humanity a little bit mm-hmm. once he was gone. But that's a wonderful question. Thank you. Thank you. So what are you supposed to be? I'm Pinkie Pie. She's a pony. She's a... (laughs) 
Is this from My Little Pony? Are you... Oh, no. The guys are bronies, right? Yeah, I'm a Pegasister. You're a what? A Pegasister. I don't know what you're talking about, but... <laughs> I have learned a little bit about this from John Delancey, of course. It actually... You know, you're not normal. I, I take it all back. <laughs> You guys are not normal. Grown men watching My Little Pony. <laughs> Come on, hands up all the bronies. Come on. Oh, you're all, you're all pretending you aren't now because I've been mean about you. Can you explain to me... No, really, can you explain to me what it is about My Little Pony that you like? Thank you. So yes. I, I was wondering, well, one, I'd like to say that Deanna made me love my curly hair. Oh, and now you see me with the ironed hair. Changing your look is always fun sometimes. Yes. You know what? I was, a, a lot of curly-haired women have come to me and said, you know, it was so great to see a leading actress on TV with curly hair. Kids at school used to say I had Deanna Troy hair. Yeah, you know what? You probably did. My hair came off at night, went on the wig stand, by the way. <laughs> As you can see, I don't have that much hair. I don't. I have three hairs on my head that I know how to work. But that was a lot of hair, you know. And the other thing about I, li I like to wear wigs because I just told you I had to go to work at 5.15 in the morning. Hairdressers can do your hair when you're not in it when you're wearing a wig. <laughs> you get an extra hour in the morning in bed, so, which, which at 5.15 is very important. Yes, my love? I was wondering what your, what your kind of relationship you had with the actress who played uh, Luxana. Okay, well, Major Barrett, you know, was my mom, and she was Mrs. Roddenberry. And so um, we actually met her quite soon because although it didn't show as the third episode, we shot Haven as the third episode of TNG. So we all, now, bear in mind, we laughed nonstop for seven years and four movies. In fact, when we were, when we were overlapping with DS9, I, they were literally across the street from us. And I would leave my set, which was like a kindergarten at recess, right? <laughs> and I would walk over to DS9 to say hi to my good friend Terry Farrell, right? Yeah, look at my old boys salivating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my good friend, Terry Farrell. And um, I'd walk on the DS9 set and I'd be like, did someone die? <laughs> you could hear a pin drop. It was so quiet. But of course, because they had inherited our crew, you know, our technical crew, all the crew knew, and they, they were all happy to see me. Oh, Marina. And then suddenly, within about a minute, it was loud because I suddenly I brought the TNG energy with me. And the directors would go, Who just walked on the set? Who just walked on the set? Oh, I might have known it was you. <laughs> like that, right? But it was horrible over there on DS9. It was really, you know, serious. I mean, they weren't curing cancer, for God's sake. They were making a space show. So. <laughs> and the second best one at the time. <laughs> Actually, third best at the time. That what? That, that would what? That 
Babylon 5, that's true. Fourth best. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, and we had this director in the first season who directed two shows and then he refused to ever come back because we were too rowdy. <laughs> right? And this is true, honestly. And so when Majel was coming on the show, we're like, oh, blimey, oh, no. We better behave ourselves because this is the boss's wife. We don't want to get fired for being rowdy, right? So anyway, she came on the set and we we're all like on our best behavior for about 10 minutes until we realized she was wackier than the rest of us put together. <laughs> and she fit right in. But what was great about when Majel worked was that Gene was on the set all the time. He would just come and sit in his chair and just watch her act. He adored her. He was just wanted to, I mean, it was beautiful. It was just beautiful. And of course, you know, they adopted me because I was literally an alien. I'd, I'd been in the country for six months when I got cast on Star Trek. I didn't know anybody. So the Roddenberries always made sure I had somewhere to go. Easter, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, they, they were my family away from home. And so they, they meant a lot to me, the Roddenberries. I think I was probably closer to them than some of the other cast um, because of that relationship that I had with Majel. And I remember when my own mom passed, passed away, I always said passed, sorry. When my own mom passed away, um, I said to Majel, you, you know, you're the only mom I've got left now. I know, and now she's gone too, so don't make me cry. Okay, thank you. Yes, young lady. Oh, you're together? Yes. Are you going to ask a question together? In harmony? Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, do you like One Direction? I would like a direction. No, one, the band? One, one Direction, the band? Do I like the band One Direction? I've never heard of them. I'm old. <laughs> I'm really old. But you look pretty. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, the outside belies the fact that inside it's a big mess. Actually, no, it's not. I'm being, actually, I did have a physical recently, and the only thing I'm lacking is vitamin D. And I live in California. It's weird. But anyway, but everything else is perfect, despite the fact that, you know, I do bad things. Anyway. Uh, no, I don't know who... Why, why do you want to know if I know who One Direction is? They're, are? From, they're from England. Yeah, I've been gone for 25 years. <laughs> yeah, are they cute? Yeah. Sing me a song of theirs. Uh, oh, they're in headlights. Why are you asking me that? I don't know. Okay. Because I think maybe if I've heard the song, I'd know who they are. See, my, my taste... I mean, I suppose... Some of the country music people, uh, the newer people I know and I like, like Keith Urban I like and Aunt Lady Antebellum I like. I know, 25 years and I've turned into a country music fan in this country. <laughs> I know, it's sad, it's really sad. Most English people when they come to America hate country music, right? And then you live here for a long time and you like country music. But I do, I really like, but I don't like that, you know, S-kicking stuff. I don't like all that yeehaw stuff. I like the more, you know, rock country, folk country, that stuff. But anyway, so, but as far as like that, I'm not up on the latest bands. Um, I have, you know, 
what do I have in my car right now apart from all the Greek music? Which I also didn't used to like. I used to hate Greek music until I got old. And now I love Greek music. <laughs> but it's generally um, musicals I have in my car at the moment. At the moment, I have Les Mis in the car again because I just, I just saw it again in London and so it was inspired me. I have some Greek music. I have Lady Antebellum. I have um, Keith Urban. I have some Bon Jovi in there. Yeah. Bon jo That's about when I stopped listening to new music. L late 80s, early 90s, when, and that was it. After that, I kind of lost touch. I'm sorry. It's okay. Bless your hearts. But if you could come and sing me uh, in my ear later, maybe I've never heard of them. Okay, but... Also, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I have them on my phone if you want me to play them. Okay, later. Not now, because yeah, I'm oh, kind of yeah. busy. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you like Michael Jackson? No. <laughs> no. Don't tell, get me started on Michael Jackson and children. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just can't go there. Okay. Yes. Yes. One brief question. Is there a specific, do you have a specific Star Trek The Next Generation episode that could utilize your full acting ability? Have you, do you have one specific one in mind? Because you're obviously very talented. Wow. <laughs> do I think there was one episode that um, used all my acting ability? I would say the First Contact, the movie, because I got to be funny in it for the first time ever on TNG, and there was some other emotional stuff in there. Came the closest, but no, there isn't a one episode. I mean, my husband would say, you know, there were episodes where I lost my powers, right? There were episodes where I was overtaken by, you know, inhabited by a bad person. Uh, my husband would always say, why is it when Troy loses her powers, she becomes Marina? Which she kind of did, right? What? Like the time you got drunk? Like the time I got drunk, exactly. <laughs> like when I'm mean to people, I'm Marina, you know, because Troy's always nice to everybody. But no, I don't th I think that was a really great question, and I have never been asked that before. Thank you so much. Thank oh, you very oh, much. Careful. Thank careful. you. Hello. Hello. Um, I'm just wondering if your sense of humor towards life and everything in general kind of helps or hinders your career. Uh... <laughs> The other reason why... <laughs> you know what? That is a brilliant question. And can I tell you why? Because I've never really... You made me think about that. You made me think about it. Because I am obnoxious. And I have probably burned many bridges in my life. Especially, well, in my career. Because I... I have no filter between this and this. <laughs> so I upset people. I don't mean to upset them, but it's like sometimes I think I have like a mild version of Asperger's syndrome because it's like you say something to me and I'll just tell you the truth, right? And that's not common in, in Hollywood, I have to say. Um, my parents are both from England, so they, they have a very um, distinct sense of humor and... Um you know, right? I, I know exactly what, what yeah. it is, and 
I think I upset people. Yeah, I, I know I upset people. Yeah. I spend my life apologizing to people because <laughs> yeah. I've upset them. But it's really because I, I just, it just goes straight from the brain out the mouth. Okay. And um, yeah, I mean, I have been in cast. I've, I've, I was at an audition recently where, um, you know, I go in and I'm auditioning for a part. And the person who's reading, and they always film you now. They always film you, um, and they watch you later. They, there's, you know, in the old days, the people were in the room, and they watched, like for Star Trek, the people were in the room, they watched you act. That was how you got the job. When I was in Crash, I never met the director until I went to the set, because he cast me off a video, right? Um, which is another funny story, because when, when Crash was winning all the awards that year, um, I went to the Producers Guild Awards, and I, you know, I was obviously dressed up, you know, and the girls were out and everything, you know, and um, I went to Paul Haggis and I said, Paul, I just want to congratulate you on the success of Crash. And he looked at me and his wife has given me the evil eye. Who's that woman talking to my husband? And he said, I'm sorry, have we met? <laughs> Swear to God. I went, uh, I was Shireen in your movie. And he was like, oh my God! You're beautiful! And I went, yeah, but not when I've got the ugly Arab clothes on, right? With the headscarf and everything and no makeup. Not, a st not even mascara. I said to the makeup person, but I've never acted without mascara before. <laughs> right? Anyway, so, but... Um, yeah, I think, you know, I was, so I'm, read, I'm doing this audition and they're filming me and the camera is at eye level and the cast and the person reading with me is sitting down. So, of course, I'm, I'm trying to act with this person and they can't, the camera can't, can see this, the top of my head. So we went through the scene and they said, oh, thank you very much. And I went, excuse me, um, are you filming this? Well, yes, we are. Well, I'm sorry, but I would like her to stand up because I want the camera to see my eyes. And you know, I didn't need to do that. <laughs> They're never gonna call me back in for another audition. They're gonna be like, oh, she's difficult. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yes, it has hindered me in my career, I think. But I am a very happy person. I really am. I think one of the reasons I look as young as I do, and well, younger than I am, is because I'm happy. I'm a very happy person. I don't worry. I'm not a worrier. In fact, I'm not a thinker. I think that's the trick. <laughs> now, honestly, that is the secret to life as far as I'm concerned. When I was 16, my best friend, Pat Anderson, said to me, Marina, do you ever think? And I had never thought about it. <laughs> and I said... You know I don't. I'm Scarlett O'Hara. I'll think about that tomorrow, right? And that is the secret to eternal youth, as far as I'm concerned. Because I don't worry about it. My husband's the opposite. He worries about everything. Let's go to the worst case scenario, right? I'm like, that's worrying in advance. Isn't it? Why would you worry about something that is a hypothetical? If it happens, then deal with it. But there's no point in worrying about things before they happen. That is my secret to life. I've never given it to anyone before here in Phoenix.
thank you. You're welcome. And I have a very similar problem also. So Yeah. yeah. You know what? Yeah. It makes us who we are. And people either love us or they hate us. But at least they know where they stand with us, right? If, you, if I don't like you, you know. <laughs> but if I like you, you know too. So, you know. Hello, young lady. Hello. Uh, so that was a little bit of a deep question. Not so much deep right, ha right here, because you were talking about how you and the rest of the crew are really, really light-spirited, really rowdy and stuff. So I know there's a lot of crazy pranks. No pranks. No pranks? No pranks. What? Because I have another theory. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You really deep down, and I, you know, I played a psychologist on TV for seven years, so I know whereof I speak here, you know. <laughs> you only play practical jokes on the people that really deep down inside you don't like very much. Think about it. Right? You don't play practical jokes on people that you love. And we loved each other. So there was a lot of singing. We had a very musical cast. All of them, most of them from Broadway, you know, singing and dancing. Not Patrick, he's terrible. But anyway, um, <laughs> Patrick is one of those unfortunate people who thinks he can sing. Um, but we had, a very, we had a lot of singing, we had a lot of dancing. You, as you get to meet us people over the weekend, you will see, and Michael Dorn said this, we are, each of us, distinct, strong personalities. But each of us is totally different. Totally different. I mean, we, had, we were paid by check recently for something, and Jonathan's check bounced. And so he immediately texted me, right? And apparently I wasn't, I wasn't involved in this conversation because I was sitting on a plane going to a convention. And um, the person who was in charge of the checks, um, I was going to be seeing them at the convention. And apparently the conversation went on something like this. Okay, Jonathan's check bounce. My check bounce. Oh, my God. You think our checks are going to bounce? What are we going to do? Oh, my goodness. Oh, wait a minute. What's Marina doing? Marina's on her way. Oh, fine. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Marina will deal with it. <laughs> She'll either get us our money or the guy will be dead. <laughs> right? Right. There's no in-between with me, right? He's either got the check or he's dead, right? So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of... This was why we, we're all really... And we're all really funny. We're a very funny cast, uh, each in our own individual ways. But we laughed. You know, we got on from day, day one, I remember. We're filming on, on... We're actually, you know, doing Encounter at Farpoint. And then on the first day, we were actually on, you know, Farpoint. And I, I remember laughing so hard, I'm thinking, we're going to get fired. We're going to get fired. This is ridiculous. This is the first day, and we can't keep it together, right? I mean, there were times, and I swear to God, you know when you say I'm rolling around the floor with laughter? Yeah. It happened to me twice on Star Trek. <laughs> swear to God, on the floor, rolling around, on the floor, because my legs wouldn't hold me up anymore. <laughs> so that's why we laughed. It wasn't practical jokes. There was, like, there was this, like, pretend feud between Dorney and and Patrick, and they would like jump out at each other from corners, and then, and then they'd have this pretend fight, and then oh, Patrick would always die, because, because he's from the Royal Shakespeare Company, and I don't right. know if you've ever seen, right? You've seen Hamlet? It takes Hamlet half an hour to die at the end of the play, right? So that's Patrick, oh, I die, I die, 10 minutes later, I die, I die, right? So he always wanted to die, so there was a lot of that stuff going on. Okay, so, but no pranks. Thank you, darling. Right. Well, this is going to be the last question. 
Why, is someone else waiting to come in here? You have a panel? Who? Are they as important as me? I don't think so. <laughs> See what I mean about how, you know, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> really? See? No filter. Right. Yes? Who's coming in here next? I'm a woman in science fiction. Okay. Okay. Now, you know what? I get really pissed off when people hold me up, so I'm going to be good, and I'm gonna, this is going to be the last question. Because you're going to see me again on Sunday, right? We'll be back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So... How long does it take you to do your hair like that? Five minutes. Really? Can I touch it? Yes. Come. Well, wait, wait. I want to invite you, before you touch my hair, since this is a personal thing, I have a movie that's playing in the Phoenix uh, Comic-Con f- uh, Film Festival tomorrow night, right. quarter to midnight. Is it about zombies? No. Vampires? No. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll give you a flyer if you want to okay. come. That would right. be great. But that, right. That's not my question why I'm here. Okay, all right. What is it? it did you, what did you do in this movie? I directed. Wrote and directed. How come I'm not in it? <laughs> Who's, I have been available all year, trust me. I I do need to be paid. I didn't say how much, though. Okay. Oh. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? Uh, yes, I do. And she's Does she the one run who... her fingers through your she, hairs? She's the one who actually cuts my hair. Oh, really? Yes. She likes that? Yes, she does. Cool. All right. You know, and, she's uh, on. No, I know, I'm just, you know, I'm an old rock and roller chick, so my, my husband's hair is longer than mine, you know. Right. Yeah, so I'm okay. just one of those old broads that, like, oh, the there's 80s, There's nothing 70s. wrong with that. Right. I'm, I'm but, an old rock and roller dude from the 80s, too. So. Okay. So, anyway, when you get some money, I would love to be in one of your movies. <laughs> I will hold you to that if okay? I get some money. Okay. Now, I'm not expensive. I just don't work for free. Okay. Well, you know, it depends. It's like... Project by project. I've done a lot of low-budget indies, like, for scale. I have, I tell you. But if they... I mean, I I, I actually, from now, do everything that's offered to me. Because... No, I'll tell you why. Because when Star Trek finished, I got... It was after First Contact, I think. I got two scripts. One of them was a sci-fi movie. The other one was about saving the rainforests. So I'm like, oh, I want to do the one about saving the rainforests. Because that's important, right? Saving the rainforests. Don't want to do another sci-fi, stupid sci-fi movie. So I did the Saving the Rainforest movie, which was called Paradise Lost, which was terrible. <laughs> because it was, they didn't have a lot of money, and we needed to have some monkey people in it. And they just didn't have enough money to do good monkey people. <laughs> so the monkey people were kind of pathetic kind of, I think it's out on DVD somewhere, right? The movie that I turned down was Men in Black. (sighs) Who knew, right? Who knew? So, I do everything now. That is good to know. Okay. So that's going to be my last, my last question. And uh, before I go, I just want to say, I, I hope you've all had a good time, first and foremost. Um, second of all, um, I get very mad at some people in show business in where I come from, Hollywood, um, because I think they sometimes forget 
why as you know celebs or whatever you want to call us we have a lot of great things in our lives we are blessed to be in the position that we are truly blessed i mean whoever said if you do the job that you like you'll never work a day in your life that's us right um we get paid for doing something we really love when we're working we get paid very well and um I get very angry at people, either musicians or actors or whoever they are, who forget that you don't become famous, you don't become successful in a vacuum. You become successful because these people, you people, you turn on your TV sets and keep our shows on the air for seven years. You pay money to go see our movies. Although I do have to say, it's your fault that Nemesis got cancelled. I mean, that we got cancelled after Nemesis because you just didn't go see it enough. <laughs> it's all about money. Sorry. Um, so, you know, I think people forget, um, people, musicians forget that they're, you know, they're famous and, and, you know, well off because you people buy their CDs or whatever the hell you do now with downloading stuff. I don't know. I still buy CDs. I don't know about you lot. But I, I want to say, I hopefully will never forget. I mean, I know I won't forget. I will never forget that I owe everything I have. Everything in my life I have, I owe to the fans. I was on a plane. I was literally packing to get on a plane to go back to England when I was offered the job. And I was broke. I was in the minus column on all my credit cards. Um, I literally had a ticket back to England and nothing else. No money, no savings, nothing. And I got Star Trek and my life changed in a day. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for my car, my house. Um, the clothes that I'm wearing, really. My husband, everything. He's American. I have to thank you for that. And so God bless you all. Thank you so much. God bless.